Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jill. And I'm Melissa. And this is Mel and Jill Geek Out. Hey, it's uh, it's Melangel after dark. So sorry in advance to everyone listening. We might get a little weird. I think those are fun. Those are good episodes. I think so too. But I have a bone to immediately pick with Sister Wives TLC distribution stuff. Let's hear it. Okay, literally just watch the uh, watch the episode. Why is it that the Max? Like episode sneak peek of like next time on Sister Wives is different than what they air on TLC. So like I finish the episode and I'm immediately scrolling on TikTok to see to hopefully somebody has posted what the other sneak peek is because there's more information. That's funny because I feel the same way. I hadn't had a chance to do it because I was running a little bit behind you. So I immediately like we finished the episode and we jumped on and hit record. So I, but that, like the last three episodes, that's exactly what I've done. It's so annoying. And there's a, especially in the, like the sneak peek for next week, there's a very important piece of information in the TLC one. It ends with, so Mary and Robin are having a conversation on somebody's back porch. I don't really know. I don't really care. And Mary tells Robin, she's like, I have a secret. Wait, wait, I, I haven't seen this yet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the TLC, like, broadcast version ends, is Mary telling Robin, I have a secret. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that is. Also, can I add a bone to this as well, just very quickly? Yes. Like, the the sneak peeks for this episode, they did the, you know, the original ones at the end of the previous episode. But then, like, I swear to God, they dropped three, like, what was it, Friday or Saturday? Like, in within 20 minutes. Yeah, it was insane. And also, they started releasing bonus scenes from the first three episodes. So if you go yeah. on HBO Max, you can watch a bonus scene, which it's just like, oh, man. I, I don't know. I haven't watched them yet, but I feel like... There never is. like It was like that with the VPR episodes on what's it called. There wasn't really that much extra. And I don't know if they're the same quality. I've honestly only watched them on TikTok. And it's just like longer versions of conversations we already saw. Exactly. It's like, I don't need to hear the entire rest of it. I got the gist. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, let's let's dive right in. Let's go. Uh, so this is your friendly reminder. If you haven't watched the episode yet... You uh, need to pause here, come back after you've watched the episode. Anyways, diving in. Um, So we open with Cody and Janelle sort of addressing the big old fight from last week. And Cody's like, I was triggered. I think he said triggered like six to ten times in the first 90 seconds of the actual episode that was in like uh, previously on and like titled cards. Um, and I just have to say, I really just like how Cody is attempting to weaponize like therapy language. It's like he went to three therapy sessions and picked up some vernacular. And now he's just like gonna use it to serve his own purpose. And it's also annoying. And then we hear from Janelle that he hasn't talked to her. And more importantly, he hasn't talked to Savannah since this fight happened. And I just think it's a really gross solution he has to when he has a fight with someone to just completely withdraw from them and ignore them and cut all lines of communication. And the fact that that also extends to his children with that person, with that wife is really just deplorable. I am with you 100% on this. The the triggering thing, I don't think he really understands what that means. I think he's con- he's confusing that with a hair trigger. Like he's angry. He is just he's boiling just under the surface. One thing doesn't go his way, and that's enough to like set him off. That's not the same thing as being triggered, in my opinion. No. Whatever. And then agreed. The fact that I can understand taking a beat to gather yourself, come back. But you have to like communicate like, hey, I need to take a minute and I need to 
gather myself, gather my thoughts, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but agreed, the like absolutely one hundred percent not okay part in my book is not talking to his children as well. Yeah, I understand he's got a fight with the boys. That's not okay either. We may we have dissected that in the last several episodes of the podcast. But it, the fact that, like you said, the fact that it's extended to Savannah, who seemingly hasn't done anything. No. I can't, I would be so hurt and angry if I was her. I would be really hurt if I was her as well. And I just, (sighs) yeah. And like, obviously Janelle has attempted to have some amount of conversation with him because she's packed up his stuff and moved it into storage and he's just not responding to her. And I think it's completely valid for him to be like, I need some space right now to sort through what I'm feeling before I can come back to this, to to a conversation with you and be calm and rational and logical. But he's not even doing that. I think if he had said those words, Janelle would be so much more understanding. My impression based on what we're being presented through this television show is he hasn't done that. And like, there's this you know, Janelle has come to this conclusion based on evidence that she can see her perception of the situation that Cody just doesn't want to do plural marriage anymore. And I agree with her. I think that it is debatable whether he is consciously or unconsciously dissolving these relationships around him. But I agree. He does not want to actually do plural marriage anymore. I think he's done. I could see that. I also think it's possible that he does want to be in a plural marriage, but doesn't know how to make it work when he is deeply in love with one wife. I don't think he knows how to be equitable with his time when that's the case. And I think if he could figure out how to do that, they could probably make it work. But yeah, I don't think he's willing. He's not willing to do that. And so it's just. It's watching a train wreck or a bomb explode in slow motion. Yeah. And to like kind of talk about what Nathan, who we find out was actually his brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. More than a best friend, in my opinion. He says this like later, he's married to Mary's sister. He says later in the episode, he's like, yeah, when, when my divorce happened, when my second wife left me. I also would not have wanted to be on camera because I was a mess. And I think that that's a completely valid thing. Like, Very true. Divorce is incredibly difficult. I'm not expecting Cody to be perfect. He is allowed to be angry. He is allowed to be sad. He is allowed to feel a whole gambit of emotions. What he's not allowed to do is lash out at people, which is what he is doing. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah, and like that confessional scene with Janelle, and it's, I feel like they that is a piece that they, that was not real time. I feel like what she filmed in that like self-filmed confessional was pretty immediately after the fight. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought the exact same thing. That like she was so raw in that you could tell, and I think she said it last because they showed a piece of it in the last episode, and I think she said Cody just like I've it's been a little bit of time or whatever, but like I think it was very shortly afterwards because it looked like she'd been crying as well. Yeah, and I just wanted to like reach through my screen and like hug her because. Like, I mean, I've never gotten divorced, but I've like broken up with significant others before. And I've had those like really difficult conversations and fights where it kind of comes to fruition in your mind and in in the world around you that this relationship's not going to continue forward. And it can be heartbreaking. Yeah. And so, so I just, I really felt for her in that moment a lot. I really identified with her in that moment because I remember kind of getting to a point myself. It doesn't matter who initiates divorce. It's difficult for everyone involved. And 
I'm sure like Christine looks a thousand percent happy, but I'm sure privately there are times that she struggles and it's difficult for her. But watching Janelle be very open about how she felt and how she kind of was like, I'm a smart woman and I've found this in found myself in this position that I know better than to be in. And I've definitely felt that myself. I mean, not to the extent that I think that she did because her circumstances were very different than mine. But it's definitely like you look back and you regret some of the decisions and choices that you made to get where you are. Yeah, I mean, you and I had those conversations when you were having your marital problems, which ultimately ended in you divorcing your husband. And, you know, I really feel for that. That's a terribly difficult position to be in. And I'm really hopeful that she finds a solution that isn't challenging and difficult for everyone involved. As much as I dislike Cody and get frustrated with his behavior and the way he treats his children and his family, I do hope that they can all come to a point where they can get along to some degree or function well as co-parent. I don't know if they'll ever form friendships. I don't think he and Christine ever will. I think I just hope they get to a good place. I really do because it's like you said, it's, it's difficult for everyone involved. And, and I hope that's the case because I feel like I have that with my ex-husband. We've made it to a point where we, we get along pretty well. And I'm, I take a lot of pride in that. I, I really feel for Janelle. She's really, she's really expressing being really torn between her religious beliefs and like really not wanting to be with Cody right now. And I think that if Cody was willing to be a little bit more vulnerable with her, the way that he is with like Nathan and his guy friends, I think she would be so much more understanding if he wasn't also blaming her for everything. She's getting the brunt of his blame. And and I understand his his perspective when he says like, oh, well, she's telling me to go fuck myself and and that that I perceive as mean it's like yeah but watch that scene back Cody look at how you were speaking to her you literally wouldn't let her get a word in edgewise how can that possibly be perceived as kind yeah it's not he's not recognizing his own actions right now I think Janelle does I think she absolutely does I mean I don't think she states it explicitly but the way she describes her relation her current relationship with Cody that's the impression that I get I think Janelle is willing to take ownership of things like I think she would probably apologize for for speaking to him in that manner and things like that if you're never able to have a conversation with somebody apologies can never occur and that's the thing that Cody seems to forget is that if you cut all lines of communication, you never get the thing either of you need, which is typically an apology of some of some kind, or at least some ownership of what has occurred. I agree. But what do we know? We, we're just two random people on the internet. So then we have this, it's Savannah, Gabriel and Garrison sitting on the interview couch. And they're really talking around something. And this is my perception of what they were talking around, which is if I read between the lines, it sounds to me like they very much are willing to continue to have a relationship with potentially Robin and her children. It sounded a little bit more to me like it was focused on like Dayton, Aurora, and Brianna, Solomon, Ariella, but they are not really being given equal effort. Like they're reaching out, but it's sort of being blocked or hindered in some kind of way. And I don't know if that's Cody or if it's Robin. I think it's probably Cody because I think Robin's pretty sincere that she wants these kids to have a good relationship with each other. And then Cody, of course, just immediately is like, no, they never do that. I'm like, well, you don't see every piece of communication that occurs in the entire world. I don't, that's not really the impression that I got. I, and I'm not entirely sure I agree. The way Robin was talking about them and like several kind of statements she made, like she made very me and my children statements. And I just don't see her, like even if they were reaching out, I don't see the way they're probably discussing it is exactly that. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know if that was the case. The way I took it was that they were referencing like things that had happened that were misunderstood as like they were trying to do this or I don't know. I just like it was heartbreaking to watch them. And it was just like, that's kind of all I could focus on was just like the absolute sadness in their faces. Janelle's kids seemed pretty sad. Like Savannah seems pretty sad. Yeah. Gabe and Garrison seem pretty sad. And I just feel like there's two totally different narratives happening. There's the narrative uh, that Cody is, is putting out there that Robin came in with her hat in her hand you know, begging these people to accept her and then the other side is we welcomed this fam- these, these people into our family and through a series of events that was both initiated by and not our entire lives changed. So I do think that potentially some of it is that Robin came in and things changed because it's now it's every fourth night that you're seeing dad, not every third night. And that's a big change for kids. But also you are having cameras following you. That is a big change. And a lot of big changes all happened at the same time. So I think that there is a probability that Robin is shouldering some of that change on her from the perspective of some of these kids and it may not 100% be all of her fault but I think too many variables changed in too short of a time frame and it affected this family in a pretty significant way that they never really dealt with and now you can see what happens when you don't deal with the big shit when it happens. Yep it just festers and it grows and then it pops and pus gets everywhere. Yeah it's real gross. It's gross guys. Talk your feelings out. Don't be a gross pimple. So I also loved how we have this like moment with Christmas Eve and we're we're in Robin's house and she talks about buying this Christmas village based on the Dickens Christmas Carol. I have so many feelings about this. I love A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Love it. My great aunt and great uncle started buying me The Christmas Carol Dickens Village. Now, that was a really long time ago. Like I was a kid, probably like 25 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, that I started getting these as presents. So it's a very old line. It's discontinued. I don't have all the pieces. So my like four houses that I have, I treasure so much, right? So it comes across the screen and I'm absolutely horrified because it looks so similar to mine and I'm very annoyed that Cody and I love the same thing and Robin is buying him that shit. Listen, I was so upset, okay? I know you're laughing. I told you I knew you were gonna laugh at this because it sounds so trivial, but like I was so upset to see that come across my screen. I'm sorry you and Cody have one piece of media in common. I do have something about Maybe a little less trivial (laughs) (laughs) to bring up about it. No, I validate that it is unfair that she clearly has more pieces than you off of eBay. And I vote no on this for you. You should have the most. They're so expensive. I would love to, but they're like trying to get the same line that I have is so hard. They're like a couple hundred bucks a piece. And I just don't want to pay that much. As we saw on TikTok, they had like one shot that potentially had like $25,000 worth of artwork in it. So a couple hundred dollars on a little Christmas decor. No big deal for them. I that was an obscene amount of money for not very good art. <laughs> no. Anyway, so in so we do this pen and she's talking about how Cody really loves a Christmas carol. So she she started bu- she didn't buy these houses before she met Cody. She bought them after. And so I was like, wow, she doesn't really need to be buying more knickknacks. The lady's got enough knickknacks. Anyways, and Cody comes on and he starts talking about how he identifies with Ebenezer Scrooge, who is a very interesting character in literary circles. And he mostly because he feels what I would describe as jealousy 
towards Scrooge for being able to see five years into the future of his own life and having that foresight. And he's like, I I can't see where my family's going to be in five years. I can't see where I'm going to be in five years. And I think he is forgetting a very pivotal part of that scene in that book, which is Ebenezer Scrooge is very dead in five years. Right? Okay. I Yes, he was saying that. And I'm like, who says that, sir? Like, he's dead. You, that's like every, and also, not only is he dead, but everybody is super happy he's gone. So maybe Cody, maybe it was more in reference that like Scrooge could see it and correct it. Then actually learn the lesson that is on the page for you, which is in order to not end up in a place where you do not want to be, you have to make changes today. Yeah. Today. Also, I don't really think Cody needs to look into the future five years. Cody should watch the last two seasons of Sister Wives and maybe, oh, no, no, okay, I take that back. Start in season one and watch it from the beginning and tell me that you don't see exactly how you got where you are. I think Cody is missing the gift he does have that Ebenezer Scrooge does get in The Christmas Carol, which is the ghost of Christmas Mrs. Past. He can look back and he has a pretty well documented example of what his life has looked like, at least to the public eye. And he's just willfully ignoring it. There's as much lesson from learning from that, from the past, the present, and the future. So like, it's very interesting that that is the piece of media to at least to me, it's very interesting that that's the piece of media he identifies with and this character that he identifies with who is this crotchety old man. Yeah. You shouldn't be, no one should identify with Ebenezer Scrooge. Maybe he also wants to be the like good guy at the end that passes out the turkey to, to you know, Tiny Tim before he dies. John Green, please tell us how Tiny Tim probably had tuberculosis. You know what Christmas Carol didn't have? Hmm. Was a, a, a an ex-wife saying she felt like a mistress watching Cody and Robin? That was awkward. I know that's like, we kind of like, I'm, I'm shoving us into the next point. I honestly feel like she gets a little like, she clearly felt uncomfortable and that's not fun. But I also am like, you're getting a little bit taste of your own medicine of what you did to Janelle when Janelle first joined the family. Because she and Cody used to like canoodle on the couch, kiss in the kitchen and stuff when Janelle was just like third wheeling it. A little part of me says that, but like also like it's interesting that Robin is trying to set up that boundary and she tries to set up that boundary again in this episode and Cody is not like respectful of it. Not at all. And I do appreciate that about Robin. I think Robin really wants to live plural marriage but I kind of agree with Christine that she never has. No, I, I agree. Then it's Christmas morning. And so we're splitting our time in three different places. So let's start with Mary, Robin, and Cody. And I'm fine with him having this like little tradition where they like hold the kids back and then like bring them all up at once. I do that with my kids. I even make the teenagers do it. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's not how my family did it, but I have no issue with it. I will say though... Why does Ariella still have a pacifier? That is a great question. My kids used pacifiers. It's a godsend. If you don't have to use one, phenomenal. I needed one for my kids, but like no shame to people who use them. However, they're really messing up her mouth by her having that still in her mouth at the age that she is. Because mm-hmm. she's like in a in first grade. She's school age. That was the first thing that like threw me off. I'm like, that kid is way too old to have a pacifier. WTF. I know that is incredibly petty. Cody got three of these like scooters, but like they're for outdoor, like off-roading scooters. My thing is there's five children. Robin has five children, but he got three scooters. That. That makes no sense to me. His big like reason to do is like they're not expensive. And I'm like, those things are probably and I don't disagree with Robin. I probably wouldn't want that bot for my children either because it doesn't look like he got them. I don't know any safety equipment. Like, where's the helmet? I don't know. Maybe this is me just like reading too much into it. But like they they flashed over to Janelle and her kids Christmas. And granted, like when kids get older, you've got young adults. They want cash. They want gift cards. There's nothing wrong with that. 
But compared to what we saw at Cody and Robin's house, that was a big difference. That was a very big difference. And those are still Cody's kids. He doesn't seem to care, though. No, obviously not. I don't understand a lot of that Christmas. So then I, I just, I keep, like, the, the big point to me is how cruel he is being to Savannah in this. I get that he's in a fight with Gabe and Garrison. But in theory, he, like, I don't think he called anyone based on like the what he says kind of at the end of christmas day he's like i just wanted to be you know have this experience with robin and her kids and like oh that made me grow like oh vomit rind which means did he not call any of his like out-of-state kids like no one Mm -mm. i don't it doesn't it didn't sound like it to me. I hope we're wrong. I really, really hope we're wrong uh, in this assumption. But the way they talked, the way Cody spoke, it didn't sound to me like he talked to anybody outside of who was in that household, which is such bullshit. And I think he even said, like, I want to be with my loyal and loving wife and my children. I, I think he said my children. I'm, maybe he did say her children. But it was gross. It was so gross. I literally wrote his loyal wife vomit. I just think that what he's doing to Savannah is so cruel. Because Savannah, from what we can see, has done absolutely nothing. Nothing wrong. And to not even like shoot her like a text message. My dad is 74 years old. And every Wednesday and every Friday, he sends me a text message in the morning that's like, Happy Wednesday and happy Friday. That's sweet. Every single week, like clockwork, the man gets up and he does that. If my 70-year-old father can do that to his grown children, why can't Cody do that? It doesn't take that much. And it just makes me mad. I also feel like this, I haven't, to be completely fair beyond watching like recaps done by like mrs kickstand and a couple other like tiktokers i haven't actually sat down and watched an episode in a really long time and i feel like this might be one of the very first times we get ariella and solomon on the interview couch i feel like that's true as well i think they've been in there in briefly but like i feel like the other kids were on it more yeah they were pretty young you know, they're they're finally old enough to, like, articulate things. <laughs> yeah, to be interesting, for lack of better terminology. They're, they're children, they are not entertainment. But I found that that was kind of interesting that they are there. And <laughs> I said some, you know, kids gonna need a lot of orthodontia thanks to that pacifier. Hmm. So then we get Nathan. And so it's after Christmas, and he goes on this drive with, Nathan. And I get that. He needs to talk some shit out. And Nathan is a good resource for him because Nathan has also been through polygamous divorce. He's also his brother-in-law, which I'm a little perturbed that they didn't like hash out the family tie to this and just acted like this was a random person he knew. Did he say he is married to Mary's sister or did he say he was married to Mary's sister? is married to Mary's sister. I wonder how that goes. Not well, I'm assuming. No, because you would think that like Mary's sister would kind of be on her side. I think Mary came from like a really big family too. So like, who knows how close she is with this particular sister. This is true. This whole truck ride is interesting. Like, I feel like Nathan is trying to be a good friend and and being... As politically correct in this situation as he possibly can. Like he brings up that he's trying to bring up all of these good perspectives of like, hey, you know, it takes time after a divorce to kind of find your new normal and your new normal is not going to look like your old normal. It might have some aspects of it. It's not going to look like your old normal. And that it takes all of this time and it's okay to be feeling all of these things. And I don't know if Cody's a hundred percent like soaking that information in. I hope he is. I hope he is. I don't think he is. I think he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's exactly it. But he's not absorbing it. 
Yeah, we're going to get to the part where he does it the worst. And I, I had to have a whole conversation before we jumped on with John and <laughs> about it. So then he says the statement of eons of strong women. Men have had multiple women with them that like talking about like back in the dawn of time. And I'm like, my dude, no, no, no. Like, yes, genetic diversity was important. But no, you are not some mythical creature that will go down in history because you practiced polygamy like the quote caveman did, the way humanity truly meant it to be. You having multiple wives is not a sign of your masculinity. Yeah, but I think that I think that a lot of people think that I that looking on polygamy from the outside, especially from a dude's perspective. Generally, when I've talked to people, men, not people, men about sister wives, it's usually like one of two responses. That sounds fucking awesome. Or that sounds like a fucking night. There's no in between. You know what I mean? Yeah. John always says that he, that's too much work because one woman is enough for him. And I'm not even a high maintenance person. <laughs> Mark didn't give me a reason why, but he's, he, like, I think I asked him, he'd be like, nah, I'm good. One wife, fine with me. Yeah, I, I just, uh, that felt really yucky and very toxic to me. I feel like maybe Cody needs to go watch Barbie. Yeah, I don't think that would, he, he's not going to do that. He's just going to run into the point. I know. Nathan is talking about how it was really difficult to manage the needs of two wives. And so you got to grow that exponentially when we're talking about Cody having four wives and talking about how you can't be dismissive of the way that someone feels, but that is exactly what Cody is doing. So it's like the thing that he shouldn't be doing is the exact thing he's putting all of his eggs into. It's ridiculous. He's like, well, I don't do this. It's like, you've been dismissed. Like, he's talking about Christine and, like, wanting to know, like, why she originally believed in the principle and all of these things. And I'm like, yeah, but you've been dismissing her feelings for at least 18 seasons of a television show. Why should she even have that conversation with you? She doesn't need to have that anymore. You've lost the right to know that. I I agree. Okay, now we have to talk about, like, I feel like the big bombshell of this episode, which is the phrase sacred loneliness. That was also gross. Do I agree that the wives signed up for some level of absence from their husband? Yes. Yes. Do I think that that means... Like there, yes, there has to be some expectation that you're probably going to be lonely at some point. But you also have sister wives. Like you don't have to be besties with them, but you got like other people that you could possibly have connections with and relationships with and friendships with. Just because your husband's not home doesn't mean you have to roll over and do nothing and wait for him to come back. No, but like at the same time, is there a reason why these people can't have? I don't know. Normal, regular friends? Exactly. Well, yeah, no, I, yes, uh, that included. I didn't mean it like just in the friend, like all of those things. Also, I feel like he's using that for, that statement of even when I'm supposed to be mentally, physically, emotionally present with you, I'm not going to if I don't feel like it. And part of your quote, sacred loneliness is to just deal with that. It's his, yeah. It's his justification of of ignoring those three women. That's his justification. It's like, well, I mean, that is just part of this. That is part of being a sister wife. That's part of practicing polygamy. No, the fuck it's not. The fact that Mary and Christine had never heard of it should tell you one thing, because obviously this wasn't a conversation that had been going on in their family. I assume Janelle heard it at some point, but I... I Again, doesn't sound like it was conversations that were happening within the Brown family. No, and I think it's really interesting that Mary, Janelle, and Christine, all three rejected the premise of no, if you are living plural marriage to 
the fullest extent. If you're truly practicing the principle, you won't be lonely because you will have those connections with your sister wife. You will have a good connection with your husband. So you won't feel loneliness because you're you're feeling fulfilled by these relationships. But then Robin is the one who's like, yeah, it's lonely sometimes. And I'm like, interesting. Who is he actually having this conversation with? Who is he trying to actually make follow this, in my humble opinion, bullshit idea? It's a bullshit idea. See, I think she said that because to me, one of the like shittiest versions of being lonely is when you're around other people or you're in a relationship with somebody and you still feel lonely. Like you can be in the same room with them. And I think that's what she's feeling because she's described him. She's like, I don't know who this person is. No. And so I, that's what I thought she was describing, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think that. That is terminology that she is getting specifically from him. It's something that he is preaching as to her. That this is something she has to accept and deal with because she is a dutiful, lonely, or a dutiful, loyal wife. I don't have, I don't have very positive thoughts about a lot of this stuff. <sighs> and then we talk, we, we go again into this, this difference of understanding difference of perspective between Cody, Janelle, and a little bit Christine about when Christine and Janelle joined the family. I was so annoyed with the way he portrayed that. They asked to be in the family. Janelle and Christine asked to be in the family. And and then Janelle was like, and, and Robin was invited into the family, which every documentary show like HBO show I have ever watched has always made it fairly clear that it's typically the woman who is all oh, these are it's more acceptable it's more appropriate that the that the woman is the one initiating these types of relationships exactly like Janelle said now as soon as that was coming out of my mouth in the more fundamentalist versions I don't necessarily think that's the truth Truth. I think that's it's it, if memory is serving me correctly, things are more arranged. But that's because there's like gross shit things happening behind the doors that I don't want to get into. So it's interesting to me too because Janelle was married to Mary's brother, and so I think that's probably and Janelle comes at it from very much like a religious spiritual perspective. She's like, I've had this, you know, I have this on my heart that I am supposed to be in this family. And then they enter courtship to see if it's truly a good fit, if this is really what God wants, and then they get married. On the flip side, though, Christine in the world of polygamy of this fundamentalist Mormon church is equivalent to like royalty. She's descended from very prominent, very powerful people in this religion. So you have somebody like that who is like, I'm interested in potentially joining your family if that is what God believes needs to happen. He would be a fool to not say yes. Also, but like, I feel like at the very beginning of this series, that was what he said about it and he's just re he's rewriting history right now yeah and i think it's interesting how he talks about how he courted mary and he courted robin and i'm like but you technically courted all of them because that is how romantic relationships and marriages get established within your own culture you have a courtship instead of a normal like boyfriend girlfriend situation to each their own I also early was taken aback by this moment with Mary. And I didn't put this in the notes. I'm just remembering it. When she talks about how she thinks that he regrets marrying Christine. She doesn't really know where he stands about his relationship with Janelle. But that he regrets marrying her. And you can see the hurt in her eyes when she says that. That was so sad. Yeah, I really felt for Mary in that moment. Mary has definitely made some mistakes, for sure. Very, very big mistakes. But to think that your husband regrets 
ever marrying you. Like, ugh. That has to be so heavy. So bad. And, like, it's just really apparent that Cody doesn't know what any of these relationships should be looking like anymore. He just doesn't know. And then we get this this other scene with Nathan and Cody in the truck. And Nathan is telling Cody that he's going to have to confront some of the darkest parts of himself as part of the healing process from this divorce. And Cody's like, oh, I know. I already don't like myself. And I'm like, you have not processed any of this. This is where my hot take comes in. Okay. All right. I did text Melissa and warn her about this. I watched this scene and really kind of felt for Cody because I've been there before when you're like, like I said, when you're going through a divorce, it's so hard on everybody. It doesn't matter who initiated. It's so hard on everybody. And I remember being that angry and saying some of the things that he said. And it's like a lot of that you say much more internally, like at least I did. And I'm a little surprised Cody's saying that stuff out loud and hearing it come out of somebody else's mouth kind of like put into perspective for me how angry I was at the time of like in my life that I was going through similar stuff. And yeah, I just, I felt bad for him. Cause like I said, I've been there and I, I could tell just how hurt and angry he is. And like you said, he hasn't processed, he's trying to process this right now. I know it doesn't look like it. I know it doesn't look like it, but he is kind of like, I think he's like, you do, you kind of see some nasty parts of yourself and you're like, I don't like that. Now it's kind of the next part is what you do with it. And that's the part that at the moment we're not seeing Cody do. Uh, Yeah, I think that's my biggest problem here with it. It's great that you, if you can identify the problem, that is usually the, the first battle with, with with processing it and moving forward. The problem is he's not doing anything else. He is not doing anything to try and find better coping me- mechanisms for his ha- for his anger. He's not trying to work through his emotions so he can be in a calmer mindset where he's not so reactive. He's really not doing any of those things and so it's great that you can have a, a moment in a truck with your buddy of clarity. But if you're not willing to put anything into practice behind that, if you're not willing to put any work towards achieving something better, then what is the point of being even mildly self-aware for a moment? I hope he gets there eventually. I really do. I hope we see a totally different Cody next season. Maybe a, a step in the right direction. I, I, I take that back. A whole new Cody is not realistic. It's not. Uh, and I just think that like he's questioning all of these things, but the thing he's not questioning is he's not looking at his own actions in these relationships. He's blaming everyone else. And it's like, well, this was a two-way street. How far did you go down the street? Or did you just not even leave your parking spot? No, I, I mean, like, in, in that, like, you need to meet people in the middle in a relationship. Was he willing to do that? And I don't think he ever was. I don't think he was ever willing to budge from his primo parking spot right in front of the store he wanted to go to. And he says he's trying to hide his dark side from Robin. And I don't think he's doing a very good job. I think she knows exactly what is happening. She sees all the turmoil. She sees everything. I didn't like the way he phrased it. He he was like, I don't want Robin to see this. It's like, but you had no problem letting your other wives see this nasty part of you. Not at all. Had no problem with Janelle seeing it. So what makes Robin different? Exactly. It's like we're, it, we just keep coming back to the, sometimes I feel like a broken record and I feel like we're going to say some of the exact same things all season long. And got like listeners, I'm going to apologize because I'm sure you're thinking the exact same thing that we are. Like, just take some responsibility, man. He's allergic to that. And then he he has this moment and 
you have children, I do not. And so I would very much value your, your perspective on this, where he talks about the thing that is keeping him from essentially walking out on his entire family is his two youngest children. And he they still are giving him love. And I'm like, your other children still love you. Your uh, like Savannah still loves you. Truly still loves you. All of these kids still love you, but you don't value them the way that you value Ariel and Saul. And I don't understand why and like what kind of pressure he may be unintentionally putting on them as his sole reason for staying in this family. I agree with that. It's an inappropriate coping mechanism to use your children for that. But I kind of saw it more as a red flag. Like Cody is super depressed because that's not something that people who are in a great place emotionally typically say. That's somebody who is experiencing some extreme feelings that I was like, oh man, I don't know. That's that's all I saw was just like, shit, that's a really, really big red flag to me. Yeah, I would be really hopeful that Cody is getting therapy whether it's traditional talk therapy or something else he definitely needs something because he does not have the skill set within himself to cope with what he is feeling and that is okay sometimes sometimes shit gets thrown our way and we don't have the coping mechanisms to deal with it but that's when your responsibility as an adult is to seek help exactly it's the only way it's gonna get better And I just feel like he just is constantly trying to rewrite the story so that he can be the victim. He can be the martyr. Well, at the moment, that's what he thinks he is. But these, he keeps bringing up betrayal. He just feels so betrayed. And these people are loyal and these people aren't. And it's just, yeah, it's not good. It's toxic. (laughs) So to like make things a little bit happier... Then Christine comes down post-Christmas and she is, you know, she brings Truly and McKelty and Isabel over to the rental that uh, Janelle is in. And they proceed to have like a giant snowball fight with Hunter and Truly and Peyton. And I just really loved that moment of joy for all of them. And then we see... Them go over, not Christine, of course, but like Truly and Isabel and McKelty all go over to Robin and Cody's and sort of redo Christmas there. And I thought it was really interesting that like, it's like, well, McKelty is neutral. Like she's going to stay there. And like her taking on that responsibility of being the bridge with the family, because I very much feel that responsibility a lot of times in my own family. And we have 1% of the drama that the Browns do, but still, I just, I thought the whole like second Christmas with Truly and Isabel and McKelty was interesting because there was still a pretty big stack of presents under that tree. I was just going to say that. Like, she said, oh, I kept a few of the presents back. I was like, that's not a few. That's a lot. That's a lot of presents. That's that's how much my entire family has. Yeah. And then we have Cody, like, trying to get Robin to, like, sit with him in a reclining chair that's definitely not made for two people. So it's like, do you want her to sit on the arm or do you want her to, like, sit in your lap? He wants her to sit in his lap. Which... I understand where Robin is coming from in this because she doesn't want to make McKelty and Isabel and truly feel uncomfortable. And he doesn't seem to give a shit. He just wants his hot skinny wife to sit in his lap. I don't think it even crossed his mind, if I'm being honest. It probably didn't occur to him that that was something that the kids would even feel. I think Robin is the only one aware enough to have thought about that. Yeah, but like if... Here's my thing, and I would never practice polygamy because it just doesn't jive with who I am as a person. And so people who practice it can take what I'm about to say with just the biggest grain of salt if they want to. But if you are a person who is incapable 
of practicing enough empathy to think about how your own children will perceive a situation and how it might affect them and their perception of your relationship with their mother, then you are not cut out for polygamy either. It's true. It's true. The polyamorous people I know, and I know polyamory and polygamy are not the same by any means, but everyone I've ever talked to who's been in a relationship like that has always said the cornerstone and foundation of it working at all is communication. And it is the thing that Cody is the quickest to withhold. We're going back to the whole transactional relationship and withholding affection, which is emotional abuse in my opinion so it's sick i think everybody needs therapy except for maybe christine at this point she seems pretty okay i think she probably did some work privately but she also to me has always been a very positive person even in the worst circumstances and i'm sure that she you know wasn't always I think it's part of her personality, but everybody has moments, you know, but she seems kind of somebody who has the outlook to always land on their feet. Yeah. And that is kind of the end of this episode. The sneak peek really just talks about like the few days. It looks like this next episode, we're not going to make much of a time jump. It's going to be right after Christmas because there is a conversation between Janelle and Christine that we get to look forward to with them in the kitchen. I still haven't seen the sneak peeks, so you're ahead of me. I feel like there's a little bit less to talk about this episode, but I still think it was a pretty interesting one. I still want to hit Cody with a twisted tea can, but that's just me being a mildly violent and very frustrated person right now. I'm enjoying this, but if I'm being honest, I hope it gets a little bit lighter during the season or we get something, some more funny pieces sprinkled in because it's sad. And like, as much as I enjoy watching drama and please don't get me wrong because I love it. Like I was eating every moment of VPR stuff up, but this feels worse. I don't know why. We're watching a family disintegrate. In front of us. And I think that's why TLC is editing these moments with like the snowball fight. Or we have that big blowout last episode with Janelle and Cody. And then we get this scene with her helping Gabriel make the biscuits. Like, or the rolls. It's like we're getting these little snippets of Christine being happy to try to balance how fucked up everything else is. I know. (laughs) She's the only one who seems to be having a good time, unless it's Janelle and her kids interacting with Christine. And even then, she's really the only one who's got... I I think that... I I agree with you. I'd really love for this show to get a little bit lighter. It's pretty heavy right now. Um, But I appreciate those few moments of lightness that we are getting because... It shows that there's still love and affection and a true bond still is in this family. It just isn't where Cody is looking. Well, I guess we'll see what happens next week. I know. We'll see when they finally drop the the sneak peeks for that. I can't wait. It'll probably be like Friday or Saturday again. Yeah. So annoying. Um, But yeah, thank you everyone for listening with us today. If you enjoy our podcast, we'd so appreciate it if you would subscribe on your favorite platform, leave us a comment or a review or whatever. You can also follow us over on Instagram. It is at Mel and Jill Geek Out. Or if you have a suggestion of something we should geek out about, you can shoot us an email over at jillandmelgeekout at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Again, my name is Melissa. I'm Jill. And this has been Mel and Jill Geek Out. Bye. Bye.